0: Get
1: this city is a dumb and blinded thing, a circus of beasts in wool hats and waistcoats. Pretending at a superiority afforded them by the fiction, that all is as it seems. Such it is, and such it always shall be. But not here. Not in the first component of the opening act of Quinn's mechanism.
2: I hope you've attended closely to what I've shown you, McDonne. I don't have the leisure time to show you how to operate the recorder again. I understand, Professor Lesnar. Excellent. Now, I really must be... Uh, Professor. Yes?
1: I know you find my handwriting difficult to
2: decipher, but is it really necessary to... I will not have this conversation with you again, McDonne. If you have doubts about your ability to perform adequately as a research assistant without oversight, I'll have this project assigned to someone else. If you wish to return to your prior duties, you won't be punished for your lack of ambition, except in having failed to further yourself in the very field in which your parents created their legacy.
1: I understand, Professor.
2: Do you wish to return to your duties? No, Professor. I'm glad to hear it. Now. You may begin as soon as the room is silent.
1: This is Research Assistant Quinn McDonne, submitting notes at the request of Professor Hope Lesner of Deakin University. General description of item provided for posterity. The subject of these notes is to be classified as an English-language codex of indeterminate age. It is hardbound in what I assume to be undyed cow's leather. The cover and spine have been embossed without color or foil. Details to follow. The front cover measures approximately 8.5 by 6 inches, and in lieu of a title, features an embossed image of um, an eye held between the thumb and forefinger of a human hand. The pupil of the eye is indistinct, indicating there may have been some misalignment in the embossing equipment, or perhaps that it was added later. Its appearance is inconsistent with the rest of the embossed image, which features no other visible imperfections. There is a puncture at the center of the pupil, consistent with the damage observed in the book's interior. For a catalog of the extent of the damage, see below. Uh, uh. The extent of the damage is will be discussed later in this recording. The volume appears to be approximately 500 pages in length and was machine printed on standard weight book paper. The number two has been embossed into the base of the spine, implying this is part of a series of at least two volumes, possibly more. The same symbol present on the cover is also present on the spine, approximately one inch above the, wait. There's, some. Um, there's a discrepancy. The eye on the spine doesn't appear to have a pupil. I think... Uh, let me get the lamp. I think something has been removed from the cover. On close inspection, there are four small incisions in the leather, each equidistant from the hole in the pupil. They're not limited to the leather. The incisions pierce through the binder's board. I can feel them under the paste down. I can't confirm without peeling back or otherwise causing further damage to the interior of the front cover, but I can feel indentations in the binder's board on the interior of the circle formed by the incisions, towards, but not meeting, the edge of the puncture. Professor Lesnar, you had mentioned to me that this volume was damaged. And upon my initial examination, I had assumed someone had either driven a long nail or a railway tie through the cover. Possibly for superstitious purposes. But the placement of the puncture within the incisions, taken into consideration alongside the pattern of indentations left in the leather and those which can be felt in the binder's board, it's obvious to me that something was installed here and must have been installed during the initial binding of the volume, but I don't see how it could have been removed under the circumstances. There would be evidence of tearing or stretching in the leather of the binding if someone had tried to lift the claws, at least from the exterior of the cover, but the paste down is undamaged, and I don't see any sign that it's been lifted or re-glued, so it can't have been removed by unbending the claws from the interior of the cover. There's also the fact that the puncture, the way this volume has been damaged, suggests that the instrument used to pierce it was itself a component of the missing fixture, rather than an attempt to dislodge or destroy it. The lack of peripheral damage, the placement, the pattern of indentations, it's a prevention mechanism. The initial damage done to the pages is minimal enough that it's still possible to read it after the removal of the spike but trying to open the book with it still in place would cause irreparable damage to the contents. That's why there's no peripheral damage to the binding of the paste-down. The mechanism on the cover had some sort of, uh, it didn't have to be lifted or pried. It was unlocked and released on its own. Where did you get this? Was it intact when we received it? And where did the mechanism go? Do we still have it? Is it still here? Professor Lesnar, as you know, my parents specialized in the translation of occult medieval texts. I have seen books that were said to be bound in human skin. I have never seen anything like this. I've seen a book powdered with white phosphorus, designed to set itself and its reader alight if it were removed from water for too long. I've seen books with hidden sachets of ink sewn into the binding, so the pages would flood and become unreadable if it were to be set down, laid open on a table for even a moment. This mechanism, this volume was clearly meant to be borrowed and returned. The creator didn't want the contents destroyed, but they did want to know if someone who hadn't been given the secret of the mechanism tried to open the book. Something you can't necessarily ensure with a traditional bound-volume lock. There are no incisions in the binding or the binder's board of the back cover. Just the puncture. Maybe something was meant to be screwed on? No. The damage to the pages would be much more severe if the piercing component was threaded, and that would be antithetical to the premise of maintaining the contents. So, the mechanism must have been secured solely from the front cover. Did the piercing component extend out through the back? It must have. The diameter of the punctures in the pages does narrow toward the anterior of the book, but... it wouldn't have been able to lie flat, or to be stored with other volumes without causing them damage. Though, once again, it's one of a series. It's possible they're meant to nest into one another, that the extension of the spike out through the back of the volume fits into the mechanism of its sequel. Then do they all have this mechanism? Or similar mechanisms. And do we have it?
0: I don't... Oh, uh, sorry. I thought this room was, uh...
1: Sam. Sam, wait. What is it? You've been helping the library with acquisitions, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Have been for the last six months or so. Why? Do you recognize this book? Uh, no. Is it an old one?
1: No, it's new.
0: It must be part of a private collection, then. If it came in through the university within the last couple of months, I would have seen it.
1: And you haven't seen any, uh, loose components or anything like that in amongst the books, have you?
0: Nothing other than the odd lost corner guard or bookmark, no. Why?
1: It's nothing to worry about. Just let me know if you find something strange. It's most likely made of metal, long and narrow, with a, a sort of grasping mechanism at one end. With four claws.
0: Claws? <laughs> I don't know why something like that would be in with the books, but sure, I'll keep an eye out for you, Quinn. Good luck with your reading.
1: Thanks. Private collection. Private collectors steal directly with staff. What time is it?